Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Well, welcome to the podcast this morning. Allie and I are here with one of our dear friends, Vicki Durastock, and we're so excited to do this interview today. Um, Vicki is, man, she has got her hands in so many things that we're excited to talk about. Vicki is an author. Uh, she's a speaker. She's a coach. Uh, you're going to find she has a master's degree in music. She's got she's up to her knees in interior design, which we'll talk a little bit about and how that's influenced uh, her writing. And she and Allie have been friends since college, uh, which is a really cool thing. And then Vicki and I went on a missions trip together to the Dominican Republic with Allie. So we have some really fun connections. And uh, but we're really excited today. So Vicki, welcome. We're so excited you're here. We can't wait to talk. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here with you guys today. Love you both. Good. Uh, well, Vicki, welcome. Um, as uh, Reba just said, Vicki and I uh, met in college, and I'm not going to say whether she was ahead of me in school and or I was, but I did go to her master's recital. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, but she's not much older. Um, but she and I became friends, and I'm trying to figure out, I think through mutual friends, just... Uh, uh, and just kind of got to know each other. And um, and I think one of the things might have been that she lived in town and was a town student, so we could, like, sneak off campus a little bit and just kind of, um, yep. you know, she was my... She was, she was like, uh, you know, just kind of um, the fun, the fun off-campus friend that I had. Um, but I met her. She was right in so the middle of finishing. Her. That's what I heard. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was mutually beneficial. Mutually beneficial. Well. You know, I, I always thought of Allie as my sarcastic friend, but you know, now I know a little more. Now, now you know why. Okay. You always, yeah, you always sit, you always know where you stand with, with Allie here, but, um, yeah, that's funny. but Vicki and I, and it was so funny because as, as college students, we were going, uh, going through the college, uh, thing together and boyfriends and this and long, long talks. But through that, there was a lot of just music uh, in her life. It started out in music and I was studying graphic design. And then as you got out of college, that was one of the first things, one of your first jobs was in graphic design. And I was yeah. sitting there going, wait a minute, how, you know, how did, what happened? And so, um, so I just think that's fascinating how the Lord just brings different, uh, different paths in our lives. And so Vicki, I wanted to ask you specifically, how did you get started like in graphic design? You know, what's your trajectory from music all the way to kind of where you are today and just um, your, your books and uh, just tell us a little bit about what you got going on. So this will need to be an abbreviated history or we're going to be here all day we long. Got time. <laughs> Um, really, the the jobs I kind of took along the way kind of helped forge the path, right? There's lots of office jobs and different things to help pay the bills for school. And a, a, there was a, one job that I had to do some design work. It was very limited, nothing like crazy, but enough that I could learn how to, how to use some things. And um, I, I just enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It's that creative side of the brain that's engaging in that process. So the music the creating graphics and design, um, and then getting married to a man who was already in the interior design field. Um, I had actually applied for a job with him before we were even dating. I wanted to work in the front office of the retail store. He had upper high-end interior design store. 
and I applied for the job and I didn't get it. And I'll be honest, I was kind of miffed because I really, I, I deserved it. I, I had all the qualifications he needed. I, I, I checked all the boxes. I had a really great interview. We actually had an interview um, and then he didn't hire me and uh, found out later that it was because he wanted to date me and he had this like really strict policy on not dating employees. <laughs> and that makes sense because I remember your first date did not go so well. <laughs> As you're talking about it, I, I think we were, I, we were in, we, so we went for lunch and you were telling me about the first date with Rob and I was like, oh great, this sounds exciting. I'm so excited because yeah, you guys finally went out and it did not go so well because there was a carnival ride where you possibly got sick, just right first date. First date nightmares. You know, this yeah. is kind of, this will be part of my memoir one day uh, of all the tragedies, you know, that have occurred in my life. And this was probably one of the early ones. No, uh, we, we did, we went to the fair and we had known each other a long time, you know, circle of friends, good friends, love his family, um, had hung out at their house multiple times, but uh, first official, like, let's go out date. Uh, we went to the fair, we rode this ride that's like a spider and so it had these spinny things and spinny <laughs> and I, I mean I grew up going to the road you know going to six flags riding roller coasters I love that stuff I've never ever had an issue in my entire life on any of that until this date and the the ride operator must have been just a sadistic soul he just <laughs> was evil you know because he kept saying hey there's nobody else in line and that was too short let's go again and so he ran the ride a second time and and I was like you know my head is kind of starting to feel a little funny and and I don't know and so by the time I got off that he had run the ride three times before he <laughs> let it get us off oh, and wow. I, I remember walking just a few steps with Rob and um, looking at him and saying you know I don't feel well and right when I said <laughs> everywhere. I erupted and uh, it was not pretty. I, I did. I threw up on my future husband at the fair and thought I would never, ever hear from him again, honestly. Well, and, and the rest is history, as we know. So he would probably wish at that point he had just given you the job and didn't ask you on a date. <laughs> um, but one thing that we always forget because you're so... Um, you're so busy and you have, you have uh, almost grown children. You have a couple of adultish children, yeah. one full adult, one yeah. headed there, and then uh, one graduating this year from high school. But your childhood was very, in, very different because uh, you um, also, your family was involved in missions mm -hmm. in some way. And I think, I don't even know if Reba knows this. Um, so let's hear about that. Yeah. So I am an only child, which de definitely has its own, you know, unique category in life. Um, but I, I have adjusted well, I think, I hope I have tried, uh, but mom and dad, mom's Australian and, um, met dad early on. Um, dad was a army ranger and so in Vietnam and they would take R and R in Australia. So he actually met her during one of his R and R's really cute little love story. They wrote each other, you know, while he was in the war and then um, managed to have her, once he was discharged, he had her come fly over from Australia and get married. Um, you know, wow. so she met his family, you know, none of that. It was just one of those things that, that God orchestrated in advance, but neither of them were Christians at the time. And um, even though my dad had grown up in a, in a, in a Christian home and he and mom got married, he went to be a New York state trooper 
and he got saved. Uh, the Lord just grabbed his heart, you know, one night while he was on patrol um, in New York. And he immediately dedicated his life um, to the Lord and wanted to go into ministry. So he went to Tennessee Temple um, right away. I was about two years old about that time. And then he felt like it was time to get into the ministry. So we lived in Australia for about three years. He, he just had a burden for, for mom's people and um, wanted to minister there as an evangelist. You know, he didn't necessarily feel called to be a pastor and, and plant a church, but he wanted to be able to travel and, and minister in that way and be an encouragement to pastors. And uh, so we lived there for about three years and then they realized, you know, there were some things that I was going to need schooling wise and some other decisions that they felt like family oriented that needed to bring us back to the U.S. And he has traveled since then, um, over 30 years of ministry, traveling to Canada, Australia, um, Papua New Guinea, Ireland. He's, he's been a huge variety of places throughout those years, um, but he, he made four trips to Australia every year for the last, um, I think it was about 33 years until this last year. He's, he's finally stepped back um, from that, uh, but he would go and he'd, he'd do three-day revivals, week-long revivals. Uh, he's it's just been part of part of my DNA, you know, it's just watching that ministry and, and being part. Sometimes I would go and play the piano for him and he'd sing and uh, just be a part of the ministry in that way whenever I could. Great. That's cool. Um, so you, it's interesting uh, what you what your journey has taken you to, but I wanted to, you've always kind of had, even um, when I knew you back in the day, the day, um, you always had a, a knack for just creating spaces and that kind of grew into um, into your love of interior design and just creating these type of um, just calming and soothing spaces. And I was teasing with you both uh, before this started that your your area where we can see you uh, via Zoom is just lovely with a mirror and a, and a gorgeous blue wall. And Reba's is very stark and white. And, um, and then mine is completely cluttered in the back. And so talk <laughs> about three completely different spaces. But tell us, as a, maybe as a wife and a mother, how creating spaces was really important to you and, and our mindset. Well, it's, it's been fascinating. I did end up going to work for Rob after all, after we got married. Um, and my teaching job and music uh, ended up taking a little turn because when I, when I got pregnant with our first daughter, I was very sick. And I would, I would get sick every single day um, of that pregnancy. And it was just brutal. It was about like going to the fair every day for the for the next nine months, which was <laughs> Rob had no idea what he signed up for. <laughs> tried to warn you, you know, with that with that first date, you know. But here we are. So I ended up going to work for him because it was a little bit less um, stressful, and so I ended up working for him anyway. But I would assist the interior designers with their projects, um, <laughs> kind of picking up the pieces. The creative people don't tend to always be very organized, and so. I can work on either side of that brain. I have that creative side. I also have that real organized list checking, you know, office managing kind of side. And, and so I did that for, for quite a while. Uh, Kayla actually grew up in the, in the store with us and um, go to work with us each day and bounce around in her little bouncy swing. And, you know, until she started walking and pulling price times off of items, that was when it got real challenging. So I worked on and off with him for years. We've gone to furniture markets and shopped uh, High Point and Las Vegas. And it's just always been, it's, it's exciting to look at the beautiful things, um, the things that people come up with that are um, 
not just functional, but beautiful, and then how you pair those together. And, and Rob has a really great eye for that. He's just really talented in that. And so I, I kind of, I, I pick things up just by being around it. You know, it's, it's kind of osmosis in, in a way, but I've, I've always enjoyed that part of the process of trying to make a place feel welcoming and inviting. That's so cool because your, your book series, um, which is, I, I was able to look through and man, it's like, it's candy for the eye. It's so much fun just to be able to look at the pictures and the, it's just a beautiful uh, series called Heart. It's actually, you have two, but there's hearts, um, Heart and Home, right? And um, so, so you took, this is amazing to me. You took what you loved in the interior design world and you took what you loved that what God is teaching you and the passion that you have for his word and you combine these two things together um in really this really cool book so talk to us about where in the world you come up with the idea to do that uh yeah it's so fun to look back over over you know the course of your life and see how God kind of is putting pieces in place all along and you just don't realize it there was a good part of me early on when I was working for Rob and with Rob that I, I would ask God, you know, why do I have my master's in music and I'm doing this work? You know, why, why is I'm doing his thing, not, not the thing that I love and I'm passionate about. And, and, and so I look back over those years and say, God was just putting pieces into place for me to be able to be prepared for this time. Um, Part of publishing and part of getting books in the industry is to figure out where the trends are, um, where you can speak to the trends if you're trying to get a traditional publisher to pick you up. And, and so as I had my midlife crisis and began writing, uh, I, I went in <laughs> and had to learn a lot about the industry. I didn't know. I just, I really thought you wrote a good book and somebody published it. You know, I just really was very naive about the process. And in, the, in that, in the course of that, I, I had been um, offered some opportunities to write some work for hire devotionals. And so I was able to be published and realized there was some success there. And I, as I thought about just basic design principles, um, focal point, unity and harmony, um, flow, just, just some core principles of design in general, I was like, wow, you know, a lot of this relates to scripture. It was just kind of one of those kind of ping pong idea moments. And I started just kind of taking notes for, for a couple of months of where the Lord was just kind of revealing, yeah, focal point, you know, this is really great. Like if you really could focus on, right. now we got to keep our eyes focused on him. You know, he is the author and finisher of our pay, right. you know, all of these different things. And then how a focal point in a room actually draws your eye in and it gives you calm and you're less anxious. And I was just like, it was almost as if these kind of fireworks just kind of kept going off as I, as I compared scripture with, with design principles. And I had about seven, you know, all together. I love it. And, and then God just opened the door because he connected me with just the right editor who was, who was an HGTV fan and loves Chip and Joanna and that whole trend of really positive and encouraging people who also live their lives out as Christians. And so she just, she could see it. She could see the vision for what I was proposing. And um, they, they put together some beautiful books. Um, it was awesome to be part of the process, but we did write it in 30 days. So oh, wow. um, and, and all the pictures um, in 30 days. So that was challenging. 
Wow. Well, now the, the Christmas, um, man, I just, I love decorating for Christmas. And I know a lot of women do love that kind of decorating time when you have a, a season that you can just kind of pour yourself into. And it seems like, uh, you know, it's so exciting to be like, okay, it's time to decorate for Christmas and all the different things. So there's so much inspiration. And I loved the Christmas book, uh, the Christmas, which was your second one that you came out with, I believe, uh, from, yeah. from this series. Um, so, I, I mean, just such an absolutely gorgeous book. But uh, again, how, again, how you wove that in with the Christmas devotionals. It was, again, Christmas was one of those easy kind of connectors right there's the stories of christmas and then people love to decorate for christmas and all along these books for me were my desire to be able to give people an easy gift that they could give a friend a neighbor um maybe even somebody they don't know well that could maybe open a gospel conversation that was really my like my whole goal behind making something beautiful that people would want to pick up and look at and maybe it would start that gospel conversation or maybe somebody would pick it up that wouldn't necessarily you know read a devotional book or pick up a you know a bible book and so my whole my whole heart behind it was how can i how can i weave these things together well you know without trying to take a, a verse and make it mean something else and you know there was a lot of that for for me mentally i wanted to stay true to to what the bible actually was teaching um, but also to tie it into just Christmas, it, it was just one of those no brainers, but yeah. until you get it all done, it was like, can I really do this? You know, cause they added an extra 10, you know, they contracted me for 90 and then they were like, yeah, can you go ahead and do a hundred? <laughs> I think so. I, I think I can. I'll try. Yeah. Uh, well, it's so really cool. And I mean, what I know what I would, how I would answer this question, but I always think it's fun to ask the author what they think, but what will women love about these books? Oh man. Um, I, my, my hope is that they will love not only being able to be inspired um, by what they see and even some of the design tips from some really, really great people um, online that are doing faith-filled, um, beautiful home decor, uh, but that they will also see just like one truth of scripture that they could take with them for the day um, and feel like they've, they've been filled with something meaty and not necessarily um, just a little fluff. Sometimes I, I think that's what I wrestle with and grapple with when there's a word count, which is, which cracks me up. You know, God knows I love words and I want to use them all. And he gives me my assignments in short bursts, you know, and so I have to be concise and I have to say, that, and sometimes I would wrestle with wanting to explain something a little bit more and, and just sensing, you know, that God really just wanted me to be quiet because I know the Holy Spirit will move, you know, when he's going to move in, in that. So my hope is that they will find not just inspiration for their homes, but also encouragement for their hearts. Well, I know I definitely would recommend any lady who loves, loves to have a good devotional, but also just loves that whole concept of decorating your home and interior design and ideas and all kinds of wonderful things that they would get the books. I know they're available on Amazon and uh, uh, Barnes and Nobles and uh, just almost anywhere. So you can just uh, Google Heart and Home uh, by Vicki Durastock and both of those books will pop up. And uh, I just know they're, but they're so awesome and I know the women will love them, but there's more, there's more. 
Um, coming. Yeah. Um, talking about your Christmas book, I did want to ask you, as somebody who does enjoy creating spaces and um, just your interior space and your home and everything, I'm on a I'm on a Facebook page that you know where everybody decorates every month seasonally, and I want to know how crazy you get. Do you actually go seasonally? Do you decorate? For Easter, Valentine's Day, Memorial through July 4th. I mean, some of these people leave their Christmas trees up all year round and they just take the decor down and put something else up based on the season. Now, is that your suggestion or um, are you really, how do you, what do you do with your space when, when it comes to that? I'm curious. That's a loaded question, Vicki. It is. <laughs> Tell me what you really think. I'm just kidding. Yeah, so I I love people that are inspired to do that, and I even uh, it's funny that you bring that up at Christmas when I was doing a lot of pod, the podcast rounds and, and talking to a lot of people about the Christmas book coming out. You know, people are like, "You must just love Christmas," you know, and I'm like, "I do love Christmas, but I'm just not I'm not the over the top let's go all out kind of girl. I like my real tree and I like smelling my real tree, and that's just one of those things. Um, but I also like not having to pack up for days on end. Um, I'm a little too practical, I guess, as a mom, that if I have stuff everywhere, it just kind of makes me crazy. I, I have also been known to leave an angel or two out in the decor for, you know, a couple of extra months accidentally because, you know, it gets overlooked. So, you know, I try not to put too much stuff out because I know I will in inevitably forget you know, something and we'll find it later. I, I think it's, I love that people love to decorate for every season. But it is not me. I, I like to kind of have a space that looks good kind of year round and then, mm -hmm. you know, add and I was I was going to ask you about just personal when you were talking about the flow and, and focal point and what it does to your kind of spirit and your mind when you walk into a space, if it's cluttered versus if it's clean. Talk to, talk to people about that because I think it's important. When I was trying to set up a space, okay, I need to sit down and read my Bible, but it's covered with stuff. Um, you know, so talk about that in a practical sense so that when, when women hear this, they can, you know, here's, here's what I do when I have to create a space where I can really just be rooted deep. Yeah. Well, this is, this is wonderful because really the precursor to everything that has transpired for me over the last few years has been, um, this decision that I had to make that I had to come to terms with, you know, Jesus and I had to have a come to Jesus meeting about the fact that my consistency in reading my Bible and praying daily was a roller coaster instead of a consistent daily process. And uh, that, that's been about, I think we're at six years now, but between that moment where I remember he just kind of gripped my heart and said, when, when will you make this decision that you are going to take this seriously? And so that's when I committed to 5 a.m.s. And I am not an early morning person. I would rather stay up late, work hard, you know. Um, so, but I, I made that commitment because I knew it was going to be a sacrifice on my end. I knew I just needed to make this clear cut, you're going to do this and battle through with the Lord's help. But, but getting up early gives me time alone. It gives me time with my coffee. It, it allows me to watch the sunrise and the moon set and the stars go. But I also have a space that I sit in and I prepare it the night before. Because if not, if I don't get the coffee machine ready the night before, and if I don't get my, my area ready the night before, then I'm more likely to say, oh, you know, or stumble through or whatever. It has to be, it has to be an intentional choice 
um, each and every day to make that time uh, be of utmost importance. And so um, our spaces that when they're cluttered and they're um, uncomfortable, we don't want to stay in them. You know, I think that's why people always like to go on vacation <laughs> because we need to get away from all the stuff. And uh, it's really interesting you brought that up because I talk about our stuff uh, in the next book that's coming out really, because I think stuff does keep us. And I think there's a really uh, clear line that I even try to explore a bit in the heart and home books of, of sin, you know, how it clutters our heart and stops the flow um, mm -hmm. of the Holy spirit in us. And it's the same thing in our homes, you know, clutter just, just keeps us from people. It keeps us from being comfortable. It keeps us from being in the word. You know, if I'm cluttered, I'm just not going to want to stay there. Uh, and so making a commitment to having a space that's ready to go. I think it's really important. And I look forward to it. Yeah, well, that, and that's important. When you're talking about, you met, you said the word meeting, meeting place and kind of a meeting space with God and a time and a, and a space. And that's so important for us as um, just as, as children of his to go back to that tabernacle time, really. Um, and so getting into what your next book is about, Biblical Hospitality. And um, one of the books that really just challenged, has challenged me recently is uh, Rosaria Butterfield's The, the Gospel Comes to the House Key. And then um, to hear that my good friend is, is uh, working on a new project about biblical hospitality. I think that's really exciting. Tell us a little bit about that. This is, this is another God-ordained issue for me. This was not a proposal I wrote. This was not a project I put together. I had, had put together some new things and was pitching some ideas for um, projects. And I was taking my Heart and Home blog in a direction to talk more about having open homes, open doors, um, because I believe our home can be missional. I don't yes. think it just should be. I don't think we should make our home comfortable just for us. I really do believe that we could, with purpose and intention, create a place that is an outreach, you know, for our community and for our churches as well, but also, you know, as a, as a gospel uh, mission, you know, out into the Absolutely. world. And, and my heart was, I want to start writing about this. You know, I really want to go here. And an editor um, came to my agent and said, hey, do you have anybody in the interior design space who might want to write about hospitality? He was like, well, you know, I think I do. And, you know, we had a phone call and I was trying really hard not to be too excited because, you know, you don't want to like give away the store when you're, when you're having that first conversation. But everything she was saying was, you know, she wanted to create something that was beautiful to look at. She also wanted to talk about, you know, hospitality, the real reasons for hospitality, why, you know, we should be hospitable. Um, but she also wanted to add some practical applications. So decluttering tips, cleaning tips, meal planning, you know, recipes, things you can have on hand for when people just kind of drop in out of the blue. And I was just like, yes, yes, check, check, check. I want to do all of, you know, like I want to do all of that. And, and so that's the book that's coming out. That's the book we, we began working on. And um, so again, that was just God opening a door and saying, um, this is, this is where you're headed next and uh, go do it. <laughs> so when is, when is that book going to be released? Like when, when can people pre-order now? Because I did see on your website, there was a, uh, sold out sign. So, uh, so tell us where we're at on that. Yes. So it can be pre-ordered and I keep it sold out on my website. So people don't think they're going to get it, you know, right away. Got it. But, Got it. Uh, and pre-order on Amazon, um, some of the other places that sell books. The um, the target date is September 1st, but you know we're in this weird coronavirus season, and mm. publishing is in its own weird you know issue. So sure. uh, target date is September 1st. That's what we're shooting for, planning on, but it could be delayed some. 
I love it. Well, I love what you were saying just about people using their homes because I think God, God has blessed us with uh, more opportunities than we realize. And a lot of times people say, well, because I don't live in a, you know, in a, a, a million dollar home and I don't have this and that, I can't really invite anybody over. And that's just so not true um, because we can take the spaces that God has given to us and we can actually use those for his glory. Um, and sometimes it's just the, we had some people over uh, not too many weeks ago and it was just so simple. It was a cookout. I mean, it was hot dogs and hamburgers on the back patio and a little teeny back patio at that, okay? Because I live in a small townhouse. So it was this little bitty back patio. But I think COVID was just, we were starting to go through the different phases here. And so people were starting to move again. And it was like, you know, they left and they were like, we needed this so bad. We didn't even know we needed how badly we needed this. And I think that sometimes that's just what it is for people. It's just a chance to take a deep breath and to be able to enjoy that fellowship and the company together. But I think for women, at least, I think there's a million reasons why we tell ourselves we can't do that. Absolutely. And it's remarkable because I'm, you know, I'm the one that's the crazy person trying to clean up before people come over and try to present my best face. And the reality is, is that God is constantly teaching me to be vulnerable and to be open. And, and you know, I, I talk about that in the book. Like I'm not speaking when I write the book from a place of authority, as far as I've got this all figured out. It, my reality is, hey, I'm in the middle of this and this is what God's teaching me. And, and this is what I think he wants for you to know about it too, is we open our doors, whether it's perfectly picked up and things are put away or they need to come sit and fold laundry with us, you know, I mean, yeah, 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 so true. Well, I'm excited about the next project too. You've got one, an Advent devotional and, uh, I, I love the concept of Advent. I love the fact I didn't grow up hearing the word Advent. Um, and so because of that, as I got older into my, really, it was in my middle twenties before I, I really was like, what, what is Advent? What are we talking about here? And all of a sudden it was like somebody had opened this beautiful door in and to something that I didn't totally uh, fully understand. But now as an older woman, man, I, I think it's such a special time. And I think it's such a beautiful thing for us to step into that, that anticipation of, of, of God and, and his coming. And so talk to us a little bit about this Advent devotional. Yeah, this is, you know, just another one of those kind of things that, um, I had some, some really sweet ladies share that their, their kids loved sitting and looking through the Christmas book, you know, with them and that they were using it kind of as a family devotional time, um, in the mornings. And, my my publisher for the heart and home books doesn't do children's books but I had always thought it would be neat to do a heart and home for kids and just kind of have a, a kind of a different uh, perspective on it and so I went to my publisher that's working with me on the hospitality book and I just said hey you know would you guys ever consider you know doing something like like a heart and home for kids with pictures and um, maybe crafts instead of design tips or something and and immediately <laughs> my editor was like, yeah. <laughs> and within um, 24 hours, we had a contract on, on this book. So again, it's another one of those, God put the ideas together, put the right people together. And here we are. Um, but the, but the Christmas crafts, um, you know, hands-on activities for all ages, but the Advent devotions, love, joy, peace, hope, you know, all of these weekly things that we do as we're leading up it was just a beautiful time. I'm the same way, Reba. I didn't grow up with a lot of any Advent kind of activities or focus. It was right. new to me as well. 
Um, but it's, it's beautiful to take those themes and watch, you know, how the Lord just prepped hearts and how he, um, just put his imprint, not just his birth, but looking ahead to what the cross means. And uh, so it's, it's a beautiful, it was a beautiful uh, book to put together. I just have enjoyed that process so much. And the crafts were just kind of a fun, you know, addition that I think uh, will really be fun for families to do together. That's so cool. So cool. Well, we've talked about your books, Vicki, but you have a whole nother job separate from uh, the books. And I know it's something that Mercy Jewelry is actually right now uh, benefiting from is one of the women in our, um, one of my, the volunteers, missionaries in our, in our ministry is taking your coaching class on uh, social media, increasing your social media presence. And so tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's, this is one of those things, again, learning marketing or being on social media was never, ever part of my plan, ever. Uh, but part of being an author, and um, especially now, it didn't used to be this way, but especially in our current climate, publishers are looking to partner with authors who have already kind of a built-in audience, built-in platform. And um, y'all know my, my degree was in music education. And so the years that I didn't spend working outside of the house, we were homeschooling and I was teaching piano and voice. So there's really not much of a platform there. You know, like nobody knows who you are. Right. So, so for me, it was, I had to build something. I had to create it. And because I had to do that work, I went all in. I mean, that's just my personality. I'm not going to just kind of tiptoe. I'm just going to dive in and figure it out. Um, I was able to see great progress quickly. And so now I turn around and I share that because at part, I'm still a teacher. I still love teaching. I still love sharing. And so this whole coaching and online courses and things like that, just something that comes very natural for me to be able to turn around and say, this is what I did. Why don't you try that? And if that doesn't work, let's brainstorm and come up with something else, you know? So it's, it's just kind of this natural kind of overflow of what has happened because I had to learn it myself in order to be able to start being able to promote books well. It's funny because I will, I will t be taking a picture of something and I'll say, okay, I'm going to post this. And then, and Jen is like, wait a minute, that's not how Vicky would do it. So hang on, let me, let me make sure. And so now I just take pictures of whatever we're working on. I give it to Jen. I'm like, you decide how you, how you and Vicky want to market this. And so we're, we're on Pinterest now and we're, we're trying to, and so I'm really excited, but I, I think it's, I'm thankful personally, but I know that's just really interesting for people who are, uh, like you said, I mean, we've been so, we're super connected uh, via the internet, but at the same time, how can we use that um, to, to just connect even more and even in a deeper way? And mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's really exciting um, and exciting second or third job, whatever you would characterize that. No, I don't really, I haven't kept up with numbering them at this point. You know, it's, it's, it is part though of, of what I really over, I see my brand in general is figuring out how to leverage all the resources and it's leveraging in that financial term, right? Of what can I take that's maybe be just beyond myself or what is it that God has, has already put in my path or given me to use that I could leverage in a particular way to do something kind of maybe out of the box or help people to get to the next level. And so for me, it's, it's all about that, you know, creating beauty, cultivating community, and then leveraging all the resources because, you know, we're only here for a short amount of time and uh, I want to create the, the greatest impact I can for the kingdom. Yeah. Well, and it's such a great thing because I know, you know, even with dare for more ministries, we're small. 
and we have a small staff, super small staff. And so that small staff is stretched incredibly thin doing everything that's required to do just to run a ministry every single day. And then you add all of the social media components that are important for people to be able to hear your story and to know what you do and why you do it and why you're passionate about it and how they can be a part. And things change. Uh, my little bit of toe that's stuck in the water, I know that that, that the algorithms change and the way you do it changes and the way the, the, the way what's what's moving on one platform flips and now it's something different and it's impossible to keep up with all of that plus to be able to keep up with with everything that you're really doing with that's why you get up every morning and so I think what you're doing is so important for so many small organizations like my mine for nonprofits for people who have smaller staffs for people who have staffs that are not social media community don't have a communication director or we don't know what a subsplash is right or whatever right not under, you know and just trying to say okay what is all of this and yeah. I think it's so vital. Um, so Vicki, before we move to the next question, I want to give you an opportunity. If somebody's listening and they're like me or Allie, you know, and they're in the same situation, or maybe they're trying to launch their own, their own brand or their own business right now, because we know that during COVID, a lot of people's job situations have changed. And a lot of people are trying to say, what could, how could I look differently at what I do? And maybe I need to get online more and maybe I need to have more of a presence there. How can they get a hold of you if they're interested in finding out about what you do in coaching and what you do, what the programs you have, how could they get a hold of you there? Um, so I have a website set up called buildingplatform101.com and it's for people who are just kind of starting out building. It's currently kind of in a wait list because I try to keep everybody together and work as a community through some of those things. But once they're on that list, they'll get all the information from me about coaching and some other things because I do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well for people who just kind of want to get in and, and get going faster. Um, and then I do have online courses as well that they would have access to maybe just specifically about Instagram or just specifically about Twitter um, and how to, how to dig in on those. Okay, cool. So, so hopefully maybe somebody's if you're out there listening and, and this really is hitting a a, a lot of bells and whistles for you right now that you can reach out and maybe some find out some information from that because I know that is probably one of the largest uh, um, struggles our ministry has right now is just keeping up with and keeping our arms around it. So, um, so kudos to you for doing some of that stuff and pack, packaging some of the things into boxes that we can unpack and make sense. No, I, I've enjoyed it. Um, it's just been one of those things that I was like, I really have to, like, I really have to do this. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care about online, you know, I could have cared, you know, I, I couldn't have cared more to, to get into any of those things. So getting on Instagram was just kind of one of those, like, yeah. I don't know, but it's, it's a great platform and yes. we're having gospel conversations in private messages. And, you know, one of the, one of the ladies I mentor, she, she likes to write about reading the hard parts of scripture and, and she's like, how am I ever going to grow this? You know, like how are, how are people going and, and she has actually, she's actually had a conversation with the lady who lives in Germany, who's an atheist because mm -hmm. of a hashtag she used on a post. And the, the atheist says, you know what, I don't agree with you, but you're passionate and you believe what you write. She said, I want to know more. So like for me, again, I go back to, I'm trying to create opportunities for people to have these gospel conversations that maybe are kind of out of the box thinking. And this just, this just makes it exciting for me because Absolutely. social media doesn't 
be a negative, it can absolutely be a way for us to advance the kingdom. Absolutely. I so agree with that. And I'm so glad that, that you're doing that. Well, so, I mean, we've talked about you're a wife, um, you're a mom, uh, you're an author, you're a speaker, um, you have your toes in co- a coach, you've got your toes in so many pieces. But if you had to boil it all down and you think about your life as a whole, what, what, are, what are you passionate about? Um, I am passionate about seeing people changed. I want people to have a meeting with Jesus and then know that they are forever changed. And so my passion really is at the end of the day is, is, is the gospel and the, and the kingdom and, and seeing God at work and, and just being part of it, wherever he allows me to be a part of it. That's always exciting. I, I felt that way on those trips, you know, when we went to uh, the Dominican with Derek, yeah. just that God was already at work. And God was already moving. And, and I just, it was such a privilege to be in the middle of it um, that he allowed me to be there. And that's just kind of, that's my passion. I, I just want to figure out where it is that God's at work and what he wants me to do to be part of it and, and get and get in there, you know, and, and get to work. Yeah, I love that. And I love that God gives us unique talents, unique abilities, and unique giftings, mm-hmm. um, and all for his glory and his purpose. So we, uh, we all come at it from a, maybe from a different way. You're using your giftings in a completely different way than I'm using mine. And yet at the same time, uh, at the end of the day, our passions are the same and our goal is the same. And uh, that's pretty an exciting thing to watch how God uses all those different um, aspects. And, and Allie's is completely different than mine or yours. And so it's cool how you can take three women who have a lot in common and then some that we don't. And yet he uses us uh, in three completely different ways to bring him glory, which is a cool thing. I agree. I think, I think it's the beauty of what the church is really supposed to look like. You know, many, many parts, many members were different yet. We're all trying to work together to accomplish the same thing. And, and I just, I love that. Cool. Well, listen, we like to end, we like to end the podcast with some rapid fire questions. Now, these are just fun, um, except for the last one. So I'll, I'll warn you, the last one can have a little bit longer answer. Um, right. but, you, but these are just going to be kind of fun, little rapid fire questions going back and forth. Um, so are you ready? I, I think so. I'm just okay. ready. All right, here we go. So tell us what book, here's your first question. What book has impacted you? Not the Bible. I know we know the Bible has. Okay, so I'm just going to stop you there. We and know, not your own books either. We know, we know the Bible has impacted you. It have had a great impact, I will tell you. But outside of the Bible, what book is really, what book would you, uh, just comes right to mind that has had an impact on you? You know, it's a book I read uh, in my childhood. I, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. So, you know, when you ask questions like that, my mind goes in a million places because I love, I love books in general. Um, but in his steps, you know, Charles Sheldon wrote that and, and that was just, that was just such an impactful book for me. Um, I want to say I was early teens. I mean, I was pretty young, um, reading that and I've read it more than once, you know, it's just one of those that just really made a difference for me. Cool. I think I got three copies of that when I graduated from high school. Um, that was everybody's book, you know, to get, um, but what are, if, talking about free time which you probably don't have much of if you have a free moment what's your favorite thing to do yeah you know that's so funny because I really don't have any anymore um I, I love to still play piano I mean that's just that's 
still just kind of oozes out the fingers. It's, it's a way for me that I've always handled stress, you know, by sitting down and, and releasing it by banging away, you know, great balls of fire or, you know, a Rocky theme or something, you know, but, um, we're trying to figure out how to make Rocky work in an offertory, you know, just I've things done like, it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that, that's Allie's claim to fame is uh, weaving the Rocky theme into the offertory. It, it uh, goes well with amazing grace, just like everything else. You know, you can just fit the words <laughs> of eye of the tiger into amazing grace. Um, just like everything else. Um, what are some things like Vicki that somebody's gotten wrong about you or people often get wrong about you? That's a, that's an interesting question. Um, I think that um, people don't always know that uh, still waters run deep. You know, like there's a lot going on in my head all the time and I'm always thinking um, I have big dreams and big goals and I've always had big ambition, which, um, you know, God and I have had lots of conversations about that because I don't always know why, you know, he's put so much inside me that um, doesn't seem to be the norm for women in general. Um, but uh, I think people get, get wrong that maybe there's a lot more going on under the surface than what they actually see on the outside. That's good. Favorite movie? <laughs> um, oh, uh, well, Breakfast at Tiffany's has always just kind of been long running, you know, love that one. There you go. Favorite meal? Yeah. I love all food, um, which is part of my problem. Um, favorite meal, though, I, I love Italian food. So mm -hmm. chicken parmesan or, you know, something, something pasta oriented for sure. Okay, thinking about your design elements and you go to bed, uh, you've got your nightstand there. What's on your nightstand? My glasses. <laughs> Getting older and can't see. Uh, my phone, because it does my noisemaker and my alarm. Uh, there's a lamp so that I can see. And then uh, usually my, my lip balm. Mm, okay. There we go. Okay. Keep, keep the priorities straight. There we go. So if you could take a snapshot of a moment, uh, just an ordinary moment in your life that just brings you joy, what are you doing? I'm hanging out with my kids and my family. Uh, you know, it's, it's such an interesting to watch. You know, when they're little, you think that's going to last forever. Uh, and you feel like your your life is so involved with your family and, and never going to change. And especially if you have ambitions and goals and things, you think, wow, you know, like this is this is it. But to be with your adult kids and, and you're almost almost adult, uh, they're a lot of fun. They're fun people. And I enjoy that just being in the moment with them, whatever it is. Uh, obviously, coronavirus is real relevant right now. And, and we've had a lot of together time over the last couple months that <laughs> We've played a lot of games and, you know, had some movie marathons and just spent together time, which has been a kind of a beautiful thing because I don't know how much longer they're going to be around. You know, they're going to be launching and having their own lives. And so I've kind of treasured those moments uh, over the last couple months, especially. So it sounds like that might be the answer to this next question. What are you deeply grateful for? Hmm. You know, I'm deeply grateful that, that God, um, wants to use me. I think that at the end of the day, I'm just always um, in awe of the fact that, you know, little old me can have maybe some 
impact if I just continue to be obedient. Like it's, it's just this listening and learning and being obedient and that he still, he still wants to use me and, and I mess up all the time, but I feel like he is still prepared to like use me and, and that he has allowed me to have, you know, the family and the things that I've had. That's awesome. All right. Well, well, here's the one we like to end every single time with, because this podcast really talks about being rooted deep. And we, we, we think about Psalm 1 when we think about a theme for us, kind of, of a go-to, uh, that a successful life is one that's been planted in the right place, in the right soil, and has got those roots deep. And God promises us that if we'll do, if we'll follow him in obedience in that way, that we will have fruit in some seasons, but will be evergreen. And so let, let me ask you, for those that are listening, what keeps you deeply rooted? What are some things in your life that just keep you rooted? Yeah. And I, you know, we talked a little bit about it earlier. It's, it's that commitment to that daily time of Bible study sure. and prayer and um, memorizing scripture. You know, uh, I committed a few years back to memorizing James and it was a monster task because I'm old and you know, my brain doesn't work. <laughs> And I was like, man, what have I done? You know, why did I say I would do this? Um, but it has, it has changed everything. You know, the more we meditate, memorize scripture, the more our reactions are different, are the more uh, the words we speak are different. Right. And um, it, it's just impactful for me to think about just how, how massively different my mind operates when I'm filled with God's word. And, and for me, that's what being, being rooted involves man. Well, Vicki, this has been so much fun today. Uh, I want to encourage everybody that's listened to run out and check out your website and check out the books on, uh, on so many of the book platforms uh, that you can get. I know that they're going to love those and um, maybe connect with you over social media ideas and so forth. So right before we close out today, give us those connection points once again. How can we get the books and what's that website to connect with you again? All right, so the easiest way to get the Heart and Home books would be to go to heartandhomebooks.com. Uh, it's the, you don't have to learn how to spell my name. You can just get there. Uh, buildingplatform101.com is the other area where we're talking about um, building an online presence and helping people grow uh, online as that maybe they have to pivot right now. And then my main website is victoriadurstock.com. So D-U-E-R-S-T-O-C-K, victoriadurstock.com. That's awesome. I always put the E first. What is that about? I've always put the E first. Um, that's why I can't find you on online. <laughs> that's a problem. That's a problem. Well, I, have up, I have to come up with domain names that are easy to, you know, remember. Right. Yeah. Well, this has been such a fun time today. We'll, we'll maybe we'll have you on sometime again and just talk. Uh, maybe just some fun tips on how to decorate at certain times of the year or great decorating tips and ideas. We've kind of, uh, you know, kind of introduced you today to so many people because we wanted them to know you because we love you so much and are so excited uh, for them to get to know you. But man, we'd love to have you back at some point and talk decorating. Wow. That'd be so much fun. And I was really thinking, I would, I wish we could do this every week because uh, I've loved being here with you guys. It's been fun to catch up again. Absolutely. Well, listen, thanks for joining us on a podcast today uh, as uh, we hope you continue to tune in. And until we talk to you again next time, get, get deeply rooted this week in the things that matter so your life can be successful. We'll talk to you again later. 
Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.